everyone, and welcome to the Real Ones Canes podcast. I'm the Beast, Brian London. My co-host is Brandon O'Doy. The numbers are blowing up on the YouTube page. We just got to get you all to subscribe to the podcast. Just go to wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Amazon, places I've never even heard of before, but they're registering. You guys want to listen. And we're getting listeners from other countries all over the world, man. Uh, there's Canes fans everywhere. So go subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'd greatly appreciate it. And Brandon, as we uh, start this week's show, um, I think there's a. it's important that I put this out there. That we are recording this just before noon on Thursday, December 14th. And literally by the time we are done or in the middle of the show or after I post it, uh, we could have a new quarterback at the University of Miami. We don't know yet. We don't know where we are with that situation. It is a minute-by-minute, hour-by-hour situation. So if that does happen, if we do get a new QB1, Brandon and I will reconvene and hit you with an emergency Real Ones Canes podcast to make sure we cover the issue. Uh, is that fair to say, Brandon, that we are, we're not sure yet and we're, we're waiting? We're in a waiting game. Yeah, we're definitely in a waiting game. I mean, we've got to get to a point where, you know, we're sure about what's going to happen. We're sure about, you know, what the next steps are for the University of Miami. But, you know, there are a lot of things that are up in the air right now. So, you know, we need time to allow these things to flesh out before we can accurately discuss them. And we'll discuss some of the things that we know to be true. And then we'll kind of speculate about some things that we think are true. And that's what podcasting is all about. All right, so let's divide this thing up into into two segments, okay? First, let's start with the outgoing, right? Like where the roster is and the outgoing aspect of it, right? So let's just look at that right now. Um, the guys that have are have uh, voiced that they are, are leaving, right? We have to the NFL, um, I believe it's uh it's it's Cam Kitchens, right? It's uh it's um it's Williams, it's Matt Lee, I believe is uh out there going to the NFL. Um who am I forgetting here? Uh let's see. Cohen, uh, Javion Cohen. Yeah, Javion Cohen is going to LT is going to the NFL. So those guys are gone to the NFL. Portal departures, right? Um, Cyrus Moss, Jaleel Skinner, Chance Williams, Corey Flagg, TVD, and we'll talk about his landing spot, Don Chaney, Jafari Harvey, and this one surprised me, Brandon, wide receiver Colby Young, who I thought really could take the next step next season. That one kind of caught me by surprise. Yeah, I mean, you take a guy that's a big target and, you know, somebody who would be a great piece to lure uh, a portal quarterback of great, you know, stature into the program with like, hey, get a chance to throw to Kobe Young. And this is one of the reasons we were so hard on TVD last year because Tyler Van Dyke was the quarterback of a program that lined up Kobe Young, Jacoby George, Xavier Restrepo, and at times Rashad Smith. And like this was your four guys that you got to throw the ball to. And at any given moment, you know, these guys can make huge plays. Now, he didn't have a tight end to speak of, um, but at the end of the day, these guys produced. You know, Restrepo had almost a 1,000 yards, if not right 
you know, right up under a thousand. Kobe had, you know, uh, Jacoby George had a little bit over 500 and Kobe was around the same and, 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 and they all produced at a very high level. So you have a lot of guys that are coming back who are capable. And that that's to, to say to a Cam Ward, Washington State, to say to a Will Howard, you know what I mean? Like, hey, man, you guys want to come play some football? Like, it's pitch and catch. These guys can get open. They can make plays. And these guys have ability. Yeah, so the Kobe, one, uh, Kobe Young thing caught me off guard. But, you know, there's so many factors that go into these kids' decisions. Uh, you know, it used to be pretty simple, right? It's it's playing time, it's system, a coaching change. But with the NIL situation, with all the, 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 whole, the whole gamut of college football out there, it's just there's the, these kids are processing so many different factors. Uh, and that's, what, that's influencing what decision they make to stay or go, it's almost impossible to keep track of at this point. Like I, I find myself getting dizzy when I tried to, when I try to think about it, we, I mean, we wish all the guys good luck, right? We hope they land in great situations and, and do well for themselves. Yeah, no, I mean, you don't wish any negativity on a guy that came one games, put on your uniform and was a good ambassador, whether he played well or didn't play well, he gave his best. You always wish that young man well. And also because he's a child. You know, these guys are kids. They're 18, 19, 20, 21, 23-year-old kids. And at the end of the day, you want to see them have success, especially as life is really just getting started for them. With Tyler Van Dyke, I mean, I think I like to move to the Big Ten. This is a place where they're not going to have the arms that, you know, he can display at times. They're going to run the ball. They're going to be very heavy. Uh, on the things that he does well, he's going to get protected really well by a lot of the, the lines that they have. He's not going to be asked to do air raid. He's not going to be throwing the ball 50, 60 times a game. He's going to throw the ball 25, 30 times a game, have the chance to have some accuracy. He's going to be on play action. He's going to have plenty of time to sit in the pocket, look downfield, try to dissect, you know, defenses because that's not his strength. You know, he needs to really see, you know, what's going on very clearly and um, have some concepts kind of, you know, playing into what he does best and sort of these more, you know, run first offenses or preferred. Like, I think just the tempo and everything is going to help him, you know, become a better prospect. And and people are probably, I'm telling you right now before it happens, people are going to wish for TVD, Wisconsin TVD again, like they wish for SMU TVD. But guess what? That TVD can never play like that at Harvard. So, you just got to let him go be great, and maybe it'll revive his first-round status. Maybe it will revive his – I mean, because that was real. Like, there are elements of his game that are good. They're just other elements that teams figured out that are not good, and he was exposed. And so, unfortunately, it didn't work out here, but that doesn't mean he can't go to Wisconsin and have a great year. And they're looking at it like, man, we got – you know, we got to do. You know, their people are excited. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I wish no ill will to, towards TVD. You know I, I love that kid uh, probably to a fault as it relates yeah, to my you analysis. Probably, you probably yeah, probably love him a little bit too much. Yeah, as it relates to my analysis of that situation. But, uh, you know, the, the cool thing is I was seeing a bunch. I was online before we started, seeing a bunch of pictures. You know, the December graduation is going on today at the University of Miami, and TVD was one of those kids that graduated uh, from the University of Miami. I saw Cam Kitchens all excited. 
Uh, it's just good to see these kids um, kind of off the football field doing things that are important to them, like getting their degrees and, and all of that stuff. So, um, you know, it, I wish that kid um, all the luck in the world. As it relates to what you were talking about with the loss of Colby Young and um, and how that could attract, right? Like having a 6'5 receiver, big kid can Who come can down. Run like the wind. Yeah, that that's a huge thing when it comes to attracting a quarterback. And as it relates to recruiting, is there anyone out there that can, can Miami go get somebody that can 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 get the quarterback's juices flowing and be like, oh, if that guy's going to Miami, I need to be there to throw to him. Let me tell you how smart Kevin Beard is. Even though he got hit with something he didn't expect, you know, and he's, of course, the University of Miami, you know, wide receiver coach. Uh, he sent a text to Jeremiah Smith not too long after Kobe Young got in the portal. He said, hey, man, your number four just became available. And there's a plug and a play. And his name is Jeremiah J.J. Smith. And uh, that would be an excellent replacement for Kobe Young. So, and there's a lot of stuff that's going on in recruiting that I can't even keep track of, right? Like, that's more your game than, than mine. Much it's really that. not, but I mean, well, you no, but I'm just saying, you, no, I, not really, but also, you know, a lot of these kids from the time they're, you know, up yeah. to your knee, right? I mean, like, you know, the names at least because you've seen them since they, especially the local kids, especially, especially the locals, you know, yeah, 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 because, because, you know, since they've, they've been, you know, been basically putting pads for the first time, you're, you're, you've seen them, yeah, um, you know, that, that program at Shamanah Madonna is, has really been impressive and what they've been able to do. Um, and they're producing some great talent, and and Jeremiah Smith is is just one of them. I know one of their kids is already committed to come to the University of Miami, and, you know, they're... they're yeah, Saquon Patterson, he's really good, too. Yeah, so they're producing some good talent. So, I, I you know, I, I, I liked... Maybe I'm wrong, but, you know, when you think about the staple programs of South Florida, right, the Chaminades, the St. Thomases, the Heritages... You go down to Miami Dade, the Columbuses, and some of the uh, some of the other big schools. You just feel mm-hmm. good about kids coming out of those schools because you know they'll be prepared, right? They they've gone yeah. through they've gone through the rigors of South Florida high school football, and they they're really prepared for the next level. So I, I like I like to get those kids, even though I couldn't tell you the first thing about what they do on the field because I haven't watched one game. Yeah, no, I mean Shamanah's putting two kids right now in the University of Miami, Josiah Trader and Zaquan Patterson, one on both sides of the ball. Trader can come right in and play as a receiver, and Patterson can fill one of those safety spots being vacated by the departures to James Williams and also Camp Kitchens to the NFL. But when you talk about beyond that, they also have Cedric Bailey, who's currently the quarterback, committed to an NC State, and they have Jeremiah Smith, who's the number one player in the country. So those guys are still sort of up for grabs and potentially uh, could become Miami Hurricanes on Wednesday of next week. So the reality of the situation is simply this. Can Mario Cristobal and his staff and all of the things that they have at their disposal, all their tools, can they collect around what would be the best recruiting class that the University of Miami has had in two decades? Or will they take what they have, the Zaquan, Josiah Trader, and they kind of just call it a day at Chaminade uh, and kind of live with what it is that they have 
from that school and try to add maybe a Jordan Lyle or a running back from St. Thomas Aquinas, the state champion, uh, also uh, Ohio State commit along with, you know, Jeremiah Smith. You know, and it's funny because you use commit so lightly with these South Florida kids. I mean, these kids so, quote unquote, commit to schools. But really, we know, you know, just because of the culture, you know, these are placeholders. The real commitment and the only commitment happens on signing day. That's the first time these kids commit to wherever they're going. And even right now, every kid has the ability to walk out of a program, you know, as the transfer portal has given them that opportunity. So these kids could spend one year in these programs, not even, and six months if they arrive in the summer, and they're out of it. So that's just the changing face of college football and, and what's happening right now, Beast. And that's what makes things so temperamental and so sort of up in the air. And that's why we have a podcast to discuss it, because it's it, it, there's a lot going on, to say the very least. Early signing day, I believe, is less than a week from now, next Wednesday. Um, and a lot of questions will get answered on that day. I feel like that day is going to be a little bit crazy and up and down. And Kane fans may have to keep the Pepto-Bismol around. Uh, you know, to keep their tummies in check, but uh, it'll be exciting. It'll be exciting, and uh, we will definitely have all the news for you as it goes along. Let me ask you this question, Brandon. It's a loaded question. I don't mean to put you on the spot. Um, as I told you before we started, I said I don't want to put you on the spot. But um, the University of Miami has has kind of gone through some transition a little bit as it relates to NIL, right? Like when NIL started, all I knew about was John Ruiz. And that's kind of he's kind of come to the the back of the line here because he's got some things he's dealing with and there's whatever. And in the meantime, Miami's built up their own collective and trying to get things moving on that level. But so have other schools. Right. But some of this stuff can be uh, a little more complicated than we want to, you know, than we want to talk about yesterday. Ohio State's quarterback, I thought I was going to Nebraska. He gets to Nebraska and says, no, I'm not going here. There's a lot of speculation. It's because the NIL situation that he was promised wasn't going to be what they had promised. We've seen this happen uh, over the course. We saw FSU with the situation. And it can get muddy and murky and shady when it comes to all this stuff. How do you see the University of Miami? What have you heard about their NIL situation and as it relates to going after these recruits and, and, and portal guys as well? I think the University of Miami kind of set the bar for how NIL is handled. Uh, universally, they're respected in the space uh, as being one of the best with regard to NIL because what John Ruiz was able to do before collectives were allowed in the NCAA is he took these young men and he made them employees of Life Wallet, and he gave them Life Wallet contracts. And so he put them on contracts with Life Wallet. They had real responsibilities. They had to show up to tapings. They had to do all kinds of things. And so it's a situation where, you know, they actually were able to fulfill the requirements of the NCAA and the NIL space. When it became understood that Miami was able to have a collective and that became a part of the NCAA rules and landscape, then you start seeing him go to the back. I think it's not, you know, coincidental. I think it has to do with the natural progression of how the rules and other things worked. If there's no John Ruiz coming out and putting his company on the line, Miami doesn't get the understanding of NIL and they don't 
they are not able to set the trend for how NIL works. Remember, if this guy doesn't come forth with this life wallet company, hire these kids and pay them those monies, Miami is still at the back of the line with this. This is the first time since I've been covering the University of Miami that Miami has actually been at the forefront of a curve. You know, they definitely missed the facilities curve by like decades. And, you know, some of the recruiting things, some of the staffer things. We had staffers, you know, at the University of Miami who weren't even making, you know, a hundred grand a year. You know what I mean? Like in some real key positions. And, you know, Mark Rick came in and he demanded, you know, that the staff salary pools go higher and were commiserate with, you know, some of these SEC schools and all these other programs. And the University of Miami just had to ante up. They had to change the locker room. That was antiquated. You got Dwayne Rock Johnson getting involved there. You know, Jonathan Vilma donated a bunch of money. And because Miami had to get out of the, the Stone Age with a lot of the things they were doing in college football. I mean, they were literally living on the reputation. You know what I'm saying? I just had Coach Randy Shannon. Uh, I had a conversation with him, and he started talking to me about how antiquated Miami was when he was the head coach. Here. Oh, you know what I mean? Sure. It's just like it was unbelievable. The, the type, Like it's one thing to criticize people, okay, when they don't win when you think they should. But it's another thing to actually go in and look to see what have they been given as tools and resources. Like you look at my office. I'm a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I get Bible. I get notebooks. I have things that are to my disposal. I have a, you know, a keyboard in order to, you know, type sermons and, and, and study materials. I've got an office with a fan, with lights. I'm empowered with things to do my job. You understand what I'm saying? And when you bring in coaches, you bring in players, recruits, you don't have the things you need to have. You can't expect certain results. So now you have these things, right? You've been given these things. And so now it's like, okay, you see change happening. And so the question is, is it happening fast enough? And that's kind of where we are right now with this program. Well, off topic for one second, but on the NIL note, uh, my friend Mark Pearl uh, was asking this question online and he kind of tagged me. He said, hey, I would love your thoughts on this. So I'm going to pass the buck and ask you this question, which is, uh, everyone expects Marvin Harrison to be one of the top picks in the NFL draft. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., that is, is wide receiver out of Ohio sure. State, is one of the best talents I've seen in forever. Um, but there's rumors out there that, you know, that Ohio State could find an NIL deal for him for $20 million. $20 million, you know? right. Yeah. And I'm just wondering where we're going with all this because – that Listen, seems we, it, that it, seems absolutely insane to me, um, but it, here we are. No, but see, the deal is, as soon as you involve money, okay, it becomes professional sports. I told yeah. one of the students, I said, "Listen, I said one of the young students who's graduating from our school and going to college." I said, "Look, you're a professional athlete now. I know you're going to college, but you're getting an NIL deal." And you people are going to be looking at how you dress, how you talk, how you walk and what your performance is in the classroom and on the field. You're under a microscope from now on. Every decision, excuse me, every decision you make, you know, will be scrutinized. You are a public figure. There's no such thing as, oh, my bad. No, you are there. And so that's the thing that I, I agree with kids getting money. I agree with, you know, the ability to leave because these coaches do it. These coaches leave. And they're making money. They have done tons of things 
off of these kids' backs for years. There should be some parity in the sense that kids get a chance to set up their own future because the NFL is not guaranteed. It really, really isn't. And you have really good players. I mean, my ex-roommate was all Big Ten, you know, and it's a situation where he was a he wasn't even a draft pick. He was all Big Ten uh, for two consecutive years. He he rushed for over two thousand yards at Northwestern, where we went to school. He's currently the president of the Washington Commanders. But my point to you is, this is one of the best players in the conference at the time, and this kid didn't even get drafted. You get what I'm saying? And he played seven years as a free agent, and he never played significantly. And I ne- you, you never could have told me that would have been true based on the college career that he had. And so you got to get the money while it's coming. Now, back to this NIL John Ruiz thing for a minute, because there's a point that I left off. Okay. When John Ruiz was just a face, there were, Miami always operated as a collective. Right. Life Wallet wasn't footing all those bills. There were people who didn't want to be out front and people who didn't want to be, you know, uh, in the public light who were donating to that situation. But it all came through the Life Wallet Corporation, because before collectives were allowed, that's the important thing to remember. Miami had it figured out first. John Ruiz, if Miami turns the program around, has to go down in history as a trailblazing figure in this University of Miami program. Now, say what you want about him being in bankruptcy and all these other issues that he may have. Forget all that. If you're a Miami Hurricane, you love what he did because I'm telling you, I'm dealing with some other schools and I know of other situations that are out there. And I'm telling you, NIL is not as figured out at other places as it is at Miami. And that's why you see a lot of recruiting wins that are happening. Now, don't get me wrong. Mario Cristobal is a dog recruiter as a head coach. He's relentless. He never gives up. But he's aided by a really well put together situation in the NIL game. And you have to tip your cap. Yeah, you're only good. And this goes for the what Randy Shannon went through at Miami and every other coach. You're only as good as the tools they give you to work with. No doubt about it. All right, we're going to take a break here in the Real Ones Canes podcast. On the other side, it is time to talk QB1. Who is going to be slinging that rock for the University of Miami next season? We will dive into that after this. You're listening to the Real Ones Canes podcast. And welcome back to the Real Ones Canes podcast. I'm the Beast Brian London. He is Brandon O'Doy. Follow us on the socials. Follow Brandon at Brandon underscore O'Doy and myself at Miami Radio Beast. And you can follow us on X at Real Ones Canes. And go subscribe to the podcast wherever you do that. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Just digest all of the content. It is there for you to just love and cuddle with. It's it's great stuff. Um, Brandon, we need to we need to dive into the to the quarterback situation. I'm not sure if you know this or not, but um, it's a bit of an issue um, as to <laughs> who may be QB one next season. Uh, it, it was almost a big issue as to who would be QB one for the bowl game, but we think it's Jakari Brown um, as to his future after the bowl game. We have no idea. Emery is recovering from an injury and we got quarterbacks out there in the portal that Miami fans are, you know, are, are taking sides and they want other guys. And there's all sorts of stuff going on. So as I understand it, 
we have main uh, portal options. Will Howard, who was the quarterback at Kansas State, 6'5", 242, a senior, I think, one year of eligibility left. Uh, last year, had a really good year, uh, threw 24 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and uh, 2,643 yards, um, and was sacked 16 times. Now, the other guy that a lot of people want is Cam Ward out of uh, Texas. Um, he went to uh, the University of Incarnate Ward, I believe, uh, before ending up at Washington State. He's 6'2", 223. Last year threw 25 touchdowns, seven interceptions, but was sacked 38 times. Um, and then you got a guy like Dante Moore, who was just a freshman, so he's got plenty of time left. He had a not-so-great season, 11 touchdowns, nine interceptions, sacked 25 times. Those seem to be the three guys out there. Who knows if there's a surprise candidate, but what are your thoughts as we, uh, as we look to the next possible portal quarterback to come into the University of Miami? Well, it, it's a situation where I know to, this to be true. Miami's looking for an experienced quarterback because at the end of the day, they want a guy that can come in and be what TVD should have been. TVD really should be coming back um, if he were probably more so welcome back. And you heard Mario with some comments like on the radio and we're not going to dance around issues. We're not going to skate around issues. I think he kind of said that to Joe Rose or something like that. And I mean, we can all read between the lines. Look, man, right. you didn't get it done. Appreciate everything you did. Seven and five. We'll take that on the chin. You know, you blame us for the Georgia Tech loss, but, you know, we didn't get it done and, you know, go be great. You know, we're going to laugh. We're going to live. We're going to live and die with what we build in the future. So, you know, you got Emory, but you also don't know this kid's coming back from a bicep injury on his throwing hand. So at the end of the day, you got to go get an experienced guy, get a one year rental, let the guy come in and play hopefully really, really well, rebuild your offensive line and have a situation to where, you know, you can, you know, put this team in a position to win games next year. You at least got to show improvements. You got to win eight or nine games next year. And so you want to get a Cam Ward. You want to get a Will Howard. Now with the Dante Moore piece and even Malik Murphy, who got into the portal last night, you want to be in a situation where you kind of have to assess, do we want to take a younger guy to stack up against the guys that we already have coming back? in an Emory, and then potentially a Ja'Curry. I'm of the mind that Ja'Curry is going to bet on himself, go out here, do well in the bowl game, and then take off. But there aren't a lot of places to go, especially given the fact that what seems like every starting quarterback in the country who could return jumped in the portal at the end of the season. So Miami is of the mind that they want to get a veteran guy. They're going to try to go get a veteran guy. If Cam says no, I think the quarterback will be Will. Malik getting into the thing, um, he he's very like uh, intriguing, but you you don't have uh, a base of knowledge just to see because he only played in three games in the in the history of his career. You don't know what he truly is, and the same thing with Dante. You don't know what you're getting because he didn't have the best season based on the stats and all of the things. They were both big high, um, you know, recruits out of high school. So 
I expect either Will Howard or Cam to be the quarterback, the next starting quarterback here, and then what they do behind that is going to be the thing that we have to watch. And that includes whether Ja'Cory stays, that includes how Emory gets better, that includes uh, who they bring in in addition to Judd uh, Anderson is with regard to you know signing the 24 quarterbacks because they are trying to sign two because Miami is low on numbers. So even if you bring in Judd, you bring in – uh, a portal guy, you got Emory coming back and Ja'Cory leaves and Tyler is gone, you still need a fourth scholarship quarterback on the roster. So that's where a guy like a CJ Bailey from Chaminade comes in, who's committed to, you know, NC State. That's a guy who could potentially end up in this class. And so now you got four quarterbacks. You know, the issue with the quarterback situation is always a delicate one because in the past, Miami has brought in multiple guys via recruiting or transfers, and then those guys run into, well, I don't want to be the guy that sits and, and doesn't get playing time. I'm out. Um, now, things are a little bit different in, in today's world than it was you know, 15, 20 years ago. So uh, some of that stuff doesn't, doesn't carry over. But you, know, only, you really can only play one guy at a time at that position. It's not like the running back position where you can have three guys rotate, right? Like, sure. You could give a package to a guy and, you know, get him in every once in a while. But really, it's just one guy that plays. So, you know, how do you keep all those guys happy is is the question. And I mean, is it is it just going to be, hey, we'll have four or five scholarship quarterbacks on the roster next year, and then the year after that, it's all going to change again? Well, I think, you know, what's happening with quarterbacks is everything is on a year-to-year basis. You know, I think that's one position you can honestly say you have the guys you have for that year. You know, and, and and you just never know when a guy that's third on your depth chart is going to put his name in the portal and try to go find a place to play. I mean, this is Alabama. This is Georgia. This is anywhere. No one is is not susceptible to this trend that's taking place in college football right now. You have to, in order when you're dealing with talented guys at a position that only plays one, you have to sell guys on a vision. got to sell guys on a vision the same way Georgia sold you know, their current quarterback, Carson Beck, he sat on the bench for four years. I don't think people really understand that. And so he's going to come back, you know, and, and take that second year as a starter uh, to try to put Georgia back into the winning column in consideration uh, to the college football playoff. But guess what? It's going to be harder next year because they got to win uh, and they got to beat, you know, 12 teams in order to win the championship because the CFP field is expanding. So this was going to be the last year. Uh, that you really only had to win two games. Uh, that's unless he gets the, one of the top four seeds. And then, of course, it still kind of remains the same. But, yeah, this quarterback position beast, I mean, this is something that's going to be tricky uh, at the very least. I think handling Ja'Curry and what happens in this bowl game is, is a principal thing because I don't want a guy like Ja'Curry leaving because Emory, I don't know if he's going to come back at 100%. And this is a guy that's going to be the second year in an offense that he's completely healthy. So even though you're bringing all these other guys in, everybody knows you're only one play away. Florida State went down to their third quarterback. I've never thought a day was coming where I had to focus on not only who was the second quarterback, who's the third guy? Yeah, but look at look at what's happening to the quarterback position on the next level in the NFL, right? Every week there's guys starting I've never heard of, right? We get a Tommy DeVito starting for the Giants. I never heard of that guy. Brown and Tommy started... DeVito, you know. Yeah. He, but... he, Tommy DeVito is a guy from, um, you know, up north. He, he's been in some football camps I've been a part of. 
you know, he played at, I believe, Syracuse. You know, right. he's a guy I've heard of only because I know him from his high school days. You know, right. But, but, but my point is this that if it's happening at the NFL level, usually that yeah. stuff trick, trickles down. Do you know college. why it's happening? Do you know yeah. why it's happening? Because the guys defender, on the other side of the ball are faster. They're 1,000%. bigger, they're stronger, they're more violent than they've ever been. So this is a trend you're going to start seeing. People aren't just going to be focusing on getting a starter. You can get beat with your backup not being that good. Like, think about it. Emory came in and won games for this team last year. You know, he won real games. And, and and so and he almost beat Florida State, you know. And it gets so I mean it gets, this it, is a Clemson it, team that Miami hadn't beaten. I don't know how long. Like you did that with a backup quarterback. And it gets even tougher if you have a dual threat guy that can take off with his legs because he puts himself in a position to get hit, hit even more times, right? Because now it's not up to the offensive line to keep him safe. It's you know he's out there uh, fighting for himself. And I think you're right. I think we're going to have to get to the point where QB2 has to be, you know, looked at as somebody that can win you games um, and not as big of a question mark as it has been, right? I mean, Miami basically won a championship with, you know, back in 2001 with literally almost no one backing up Ken Dorsey. You know, know, for a while, Ethnic Sands, the wide receiver, was your backup quarterback. I mean... It you know it's just it, it, it that was a different time school, though. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying like you know it, he, he no one thought that Ethnic Sands was going to go out there and be a Heisman contender or be one of the best. But nowadays you need your second guy to have that kind of lineage yeah. because any given yeah, play, yeah, he could be out there. So let's uh, do you have do you have a preference? On these portal guys, do, do does no? Or... I don't. I mean, because I, I, I'm to the point where, um, I think that Tyler Van Dyke was so sketchy last year that either one of these guys, Howard or Ward, is an upgrade. Either one of them. Yeah, I mean, Will Howard um, is you know didn't get. Didn't uh, I would say Will Howard? What is what is more dual threat? Cam Ward uh, is more of a you know back in the pocket passer, but got sacked a lot more times. I mean, they both have you know great um, great skill sets. So I think I think you can't go wrong with either. I am intrigued by Dante Moore for sure, but that would be a second guy. I wouldn't bring him in as my top of the line portal guy, but maybe a second guy. And if you bring in a second portal guy, well, what does that do down the line of the quarterback room, right? Because Judd is coming in. Is there another quarterback that's a recruit? And then you got the two guys that are here. Well, I'm not and, worried about Judd. I'm worried about Emory. You know, right? No, I'm, I mean, I'm getting what, to what Emory and Jacari. Yeah, no, it gets it gets dicey. Uh, it gets dicey for sure. I, I don't know how they. I don't know how they'll figure it out, but certainly um, that's why Mario and his staff get paid a lot more money than I do. Uh, just real quick on on the the other portal stuff. Um, I saw that uh, you know Jason Taylor was out with a big defensive lineman um, the other day. Uh, they're, they're, they're definitely out there. Now it's starting to be getting a little, it's picking up some steam. There's a a center coming in from Indiana visiting. There's a safety coming in to visit. So the portal is starting to pick up a little bit here. Yeah. I mean, we know the team 
and we know the places where they need people. They got to have a center. That has to happen. Yep. Okay. They have to get a guy and they have to get a good one. They can't just, the Matley pickup was probably one of the better pickups uh, of the last several years because he, he, he met a really, really big need and he was really, really good. And the, you know, the most impressive thing about him, he didn't get injured. He stayed healthy the entire season and he gave Miami the ability to run the ball. Like we've never run the ball. In, in the past, you know, I'd say since the Rick days, you know, uh, so, you know, the DJ Dallas days. So at the end of the day, that was really, really good. And at the end of the day, you want to see a guy come in at center. You want another defensive tackle to kind of replace what you lose with Lawrence, you know, LT. Um, and you have a situation where, you know, you don't know if Mesador is going to be fully coming back healthy. Nobody's really said anything about him. And you know what you're getting on the edges with the Ruben Bain and, and you know, some of the, you know, play that, you know, Wayne had done. I think Halfley's a loss. Jafar, I, I'm, I'm not excited about that. Uh, but, you know, you get guys back, uh, but there's some holes to fill. And so outside of quarterback, the tackle is a focus. Center is focused. And you, you got to. Hope one of those young old linemen develops. I mean, we're going to get a chance to see Alex Maribald. Like, you had guys who were developing, you know, that came in. Can you turn one of them into an every-down starter, like, you know, to replace Javon Cohen? And this is what we're going to get a chance to see now. Because this class is not full of guys that are on the offensive line. This is a very defensive line-heavy class and a lot of skill players. And so, you know, we got to see what he's able to do. And there's three running backs right now. You know, so it's a lot going on in this class for the University of Miami. I can tell you this. The one position that I'm not going to worry about as it relates to this team because of Mario Cristobal and Alex Mirabal and their not only their background with it, what they've done, but what they've done recently is the offensive line. I just feel like. Well, that it stunk th- last year. So were they just uh, not here long enough? Um, Yeah, I think it takes time to. To get okay. your your bleep no, together, like, like does everything else. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. Um, I think it takes time, and I think it takes getting the guys that you pick and your personnel it in there. Two and dogs, you absolute and, dogs, and great recruiting. Yeah, correct. I didn't see a whole um, lot of coaching. Yeah, but I, you know, I feel I feel good better about that position being developed than others. So let's let's just say that. Um, so here's the deal. We're going to end this podcast. I'm going to edit it quickly and get it up as soon as possible. And then I'm guessing as soon as I get the podcast up, I'm going to get an alert on my phone that some quarterback in the portal has committed to the University of Miami. And then I'm going to have to Let me challenge you. You, You're going to have to work hard to get it up before that actually happens. No, thank you. I think you've got time. Thank you for the pressure. Because I think – I think Cam Ward's going to FSU this week. Yeah, Cam Ward's at FSU. I think as we speak. Um, I, I don't think. I don't think you'll. I think we'll know something by Saturday, Sunday. All right. Well, uh, then you and I will have to. Uh, well, you know, we'll reevaluate and see where we are. We'll and, uh, again. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk again. You know, here's here's my biggest fear. Right, is Sundays. You, you know, you're you're busy. You're leading. Uh, <laughs> you're you are you are doing your thing. You're preaching. You got, you got um, everyone all eyes on you, 
and, and, and uh, the whole world goes to crap. <laughs> right. And and, and you're 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 out there getting the good oh, message. You're getting the, you're getting the good step. Yeah, you're getting the good <laughs> message out there. And meanwhile, I'm sitting in front of my computer sweating because uh you know, that's 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 when it's all going to just go to heck in a handbasket, right? Uh that's but you know, that's what I that's you know, that's my anxiety. Just just pumping it that, but that probably sounds about right so yeah that it figures that figures all right dude um i think we got some good info out there i think we asked some good questions we got some good topics out there for people to think about and the next time we talk to the people i think we'll have a new qb1 and we can dissect that maybe pull up some film throw it out there uh maybe we can uh maybe we can uh, uh see if we can find a quarterback whisperer to, to kind of break down the film maybe um yeah i think we can i think yes. i think that'll be a good thing to have we yeah, haven't had so, a guest in a little while yeah yeah so we might be able to do that uh so i'll try we'll try to slide into some dms and see what happens um all right man it's been a good show hey people out there listen if you like what you heard and i know you did because you're still listening go subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast if you'd rather see our mugs our faces and brandon doing all sorts of uh, he, he, he makes hand, he uses his hands a lot better than I do. That's I why our YouTube numbers are high. Yeah, no, ex- that's it. That's it right there. Uh, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, and until then, until we see you next time, thank you for listening. It's the real ones. Kings podcast.